0: The boys had quesadillas at that one truck that they were, they were like so good i oh, was yeah. like oh this is like the best this is weird so max quesadilla. ordered quesadillas
1: he yeah. ate the quesadillas and then he went back and ordered Max's. more quesadillas yeah, that's, that's and my that's
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone i'm stephanie and
1: i'm jeremy
0: authors of where should we camp next a 50 state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor
1: accommodations almost 12 years ago we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of rv travel
0: Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook.
1: We will also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know.
0: So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire.
1: This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, we are reviewing Little Arrow Outdoor Resort in Townsend, Tennessee. And I think it is incredibly telling, Stephanie, that this is not calling itself a campground. They're calling themselves an outdoor resort.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting choice. Uh, And I think that we could talk about why we think they might make that choice and whether we think it's an accurate reflection of what happens there. I have to say this for the people that are listening to this podcast in our RV Atlas community who are visiting with their RVs, they will review it as a campground. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you go with your RV, you're going to look at it as a campground and expect everything you would find at a campground.
1: You're not going to pull in and go, oh, I'm at an outdoor Outdoor resort. resort.
0: Yeah. No, you're going to compare it to every other campground, right? Like we, this is not our, this is our first time at the little outdoor resort, but this isn't our first time in Townsend. And the last time we were there, we stayed at the very lovely KOA next door, literally next door to it. And I think that for most of our listeners, that will be the choice, right? Most of our listeners will be deciding whether to stay at, say, the KOA. Next door to it, or the Little Arrow Outdoors. Well, Resort. I think if
1: you're not camping inside the national park, say at Cades Cove, I think yeah. these are clearly your two best towns and options. Yeah. And there's tons of Campgrounds in Townsend.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the, so so yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting, you know, thing to say. Were a lot of people there not RVers? Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Well, yes, and yeah.
0: Not just that, but a lot of people there who were RVers were there with people. Who weren't RVers. So, like when I was in the hot tub, right, where you meet everybody at a campground, like I was there with groups of people where some were friends. They were some were staying in the RV, some were staying in a clamping tent, some were staying in a tiny home. So there were really groups of people that were going um and staying together at one place in various accommodations, which I think is the main benefit of a place like this these days.
1: It's a huge benefit. Yeah. I I think part of what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, at Little Arrow, the RV sites are pretty separate, actually, from the glamping tents, the cabins, the tiny homes. There's tons of other accommodations there, but they're sort of up the hill.
0: Yeah. I mean They're not
1: interspersed as much as you might think.
0: You just, right. Right. Yes, that's true. And a lot of the KOAs, they definitely have started to incorporate cabins near RV sites, near glamping tents a lot more. That's part of like a new uh, trending design is to have these things kind of interspersed and not have like all the cabin village. Um, But, you know, but it is a place that is saying you are welcome here and you um, should be comfortable here, even if you don't have an RV. Which is one of the criticisms we've made of um, campgrounds that have gone into the resort amenities in the past. We've said, "Look, if you're going to provide cabins, if you're going to provide glamping tents, if you're going to provide all these alternate accommodations, you need to get in the hospitality business and know how to provide towels and know how to provide linens." And that that's been a struggle for a lot of these uh, uh, more traditional campgrounds. Little Arrow is knocking it out of the park in that area, so we'll talk more about that.
1: You're so right now that I think about it. And, And I'm thinking about this too. The owners bought this campground, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago or something. Yeah, it's been a while. I now. don't think they came out of the campground industry. I think they came out of this with a very fresh approach yeah. and a very balanced approach between the outdoor accommodations and the campground thing. But I guess, I guess the larger trend here is that are all of these places that we've called campgrounds over the years shifting their emphasis at least a little bit away. From us RV owners.
0: Oh, if I were to, to get, if I were to be in the prediction business, which is a bad business to be in, but we've been, we've been right about some over the years. I would say that in my crystal ball for the camping space, really, there's going to be very few pure RV campgrounds, pure tent campgrounds left 10 years from now
1: unless they're just the state um, parks and national parks I, and but no no no, no. even
0: state parks yeah. have been no state right, park systems right. have been investing in alternate accommodations so the best funded state parks out there you're starting to see them offer more yurts and offer more things like that because they know that this is not i really believe that fewer people are one type of travel people anymore i think that some people sometimes travel in their RV and sometimes take cruises and sometimes want to stay at an under canvas resort. I'm seeing more of that diversity in travel throughout the course of a year with people that I know in the space.
1: I think we've always thought that. And I think you're so, so correct. And to our, a lot of our new listeners out there, we have a lot of new listeners this year. um, We did not stay in our RV on this trip. Right. Yeah. We stayed in one of their tiny homes and Mm -hmm. once a year, basically, we've been kind of doing what you might call a glamping trip where we do stay at an under canvas or we do stay in a tiny home and man, oh man. This was an awesome trip.
0: Well, we, we stayed in Under Canvas in Yellowstone last year, and we reviewed it. Um, And we have heard from so many people in our group that have gone there after that review. And they own RVs, and they're staying in a glamping tent. Do you know why? Because it's fun. <laughs> well, it's fun. And
1: why limit your experience?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just a fun thing, right? So you don't have to. Nobody so has to travel any kind of it, way. Your,
1: your theory is so interesting, though. I mean, you're saying you think most RV owners... To do other types of travel, and yes. I, I, think well, I, think data, yeah, I think I think
0: the data. I think you're th-
1: totally yes. right, mm-hmm. and I think that even just looking in the RV Atlas group, yeah. people talk about the cruise they talk, or you know, the mm-hmm. flying rent vacation that they talk in a motorhome or whatever it might be, or the glamping trip they talk. Why do you think that's so surprising to so many people, though? I think that so many people think that RVers are RVers and that's all they do.
0: Well, I think there's just an idea that you want to get the most out of your investment, right? So an RV is not an inexpensive investment. We say that even if you keep the price down like we always have with a nice affordable in our world towable, you still have this thing sitting there in your driveway or in a storage unit that you're paying maintenance money on, maybe storage fees on, you know? And so you do have this compulsion. What if you have, what if you're actually paying a car payment for a tow vehicle. <laughs> you know, you 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 have this compulsion to use it and to get the most right bang for your buck, I think. So I do think that a lot of people do go into the mentality like into the RV lifestyle with a mentality of like we have to get use out of this in order to make it valuable for our family. And I get that, but that's also one of the reasons why we've kept our RVing rig costs relatively inexpensive. Over the years, so you're
1: saying we're not going to get that eight hundred thousand (laughs) dollar newmar Class A motorhome? No, even
0: when you've ever pushed into the direction of a motorized, you push
1: back on me so hard. You clap back so hard on that every time. I
0: show the numbers, right? I'm always like, "Well, look, how many times will we actually use it a year? And if we crunch the numbers, we could literally like rent." for those you and
1: your numbers, my numbers
0: are very they, they're, frustrating, they're so frustrating
1: and inconvenient
0: yeah they are inconv- my numbers are inconvenient for you on a regular basis but but i think it's true right and just and then there's some people that are like it doesn't matter I'm willing to spend what I want to spend in order to have my home with me, in order to have the bed. Let me tell you something. The bed in RV is always the most comfortable, you know, because we've always gotten like a, a, a custom mattress and the showers, which we have like the, the Truma Aqua Go and less hot water in the past, you know. We've made RRV RV a very comfortable Way to travel. True.
1: And so I think some people just get locked into that.
0: Yeah, I see it. I see it, but we, we, we mix it up. And I know a lot of people out there too. The nice thing about Little Arrow is that you could say, like, first of all, we'll review it more, but we did have a phenomenal stay there in an alternate accommodation, right? A glamping accommodation. And I would go back there with an RV. So they're, oh they're, God, they're yeah. not, they really are hitting all of their they, target markets well they
1: are and you just answered my last question yeah. before we actually dive into this review i mean i was basically going to ask you look there's a lot of hype al- around little arrow a lot of hype i mean a lot of people talking about this on our group et cetera, et cetera. i was going to ask you like you know carolina pines had that hype and still yeah. has that hype anchor down has that hype i was going to ask you like did it live up to the hype? Because I haven't even asked you that yet. We've been home for a few weeks.
0: Sure. I mean, they did. They've done a fantastic job at creating a lovely, bougie space. Don't you think it's like they're, they've really created this like very curated, bougie? Now, that's not going to appeal to everybody, I you think know, it, in the I RV space. It but it does appeal to, appeal to a lot of people.
1: I think... The cleanliness and the beauty of the design Mm -hmm. of almost every inch of this campground was pretty awesome. This is
0: Disney clean.
1: It was Disney clean, and the thing about Disney clean is you don't see people cleaning when it's Disney clean.
0: Little Arrow too. That's what I kept saying. But it's Disney clean. clean. Where are the people cleaning at?
1: Okay, we're going to (laughs) review Little Arrow Outdoor Resort. We
0: gave away the ending. (laughs) We
1: gave away the ending a little bit, but now we'll we'll give you all the details. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at the Maryland Office of Tourism. You know what's great about Maryland? When you explore our many scenic byways, you find more, like fresh crabs and local oysters around the Chesapeake Bay served up at breathtaking waterfront seafood spots. You find the freedom to paddle through, boat on, and cannonball into this nation's most beautiful waterways. You find a trail system that's second to none, chock full of insta-worthy overlooks, ideal fly fishing areas, and picturesque pathways. You find stories and land. Marks that transcend history books, like the birthplace of Harriet Tubman and sites along the Underground Railroad. Maybe you're headed west for the breweries, vineyards, and charming mountain towns. Maybe you're going east to the ocean's sandy beaches, or maybe you're interested in one of the many vibrant historic city centers in between. Whichever direction you're traveling, there's always a way to see. Do taste and enjoy more. Find a byway. Now is the time. Maryland is the place. Explore byway details and plan your trip at visitmaryland.org. That's visitmaryland.org. Welcome back to the show, everybody. If you're new to Great Smoky Mountains National Park, I think it would probably be really helpful if Stephanie and I just kind of broke down the different areas and where Little Arrow is located within that larger schematic. So can you help us do that, Stephanie? Like planning a trip to Great Smoky Mountain National Park can be kind of overwhelming because there's a bunch of different places you can camp and they're actually all really, really different.
0: Yeah, they are. And we actually have a can we link to the blog post on all the different campgrounds? that we recommend in the Smokies area. I think we have 12 different campgrounds and we'll link to that blog post because in that blog post, it breaks down the different campgrounds according to area. And you really can't say what campground should I stay at in the Smokies because you have to, I think, decide what area you want and what kind of scenery you want first. So of course there's always inside the park, right? That people are going to talk about. And I will tell you this straight off the bat. It is it wonderful to camp inside the Smokies, especially if you're willing to do dry camping. Absolutely. It is ridiculously frustrating for anybody to get a campsite in The park. Okay. I will tell you, people we know who live around the park. I mean, some people just give up and they're like, uh, an RV site, I should say, because obviously for tent camping, there's a lot more options that
1: are far off the beaten track.
0: Yeah. So you can always, I think you can almost always find a tent camping site, especially if you're willing to go into the least popular uh, campgrounds. But it is just incredibly difficult to nab an RV site.
1: I think you'd have an easier time spontaneously driving to Great Smoky Mountains National Park and getting a site. Inside the national park because of cancellations,
0: right. than you
1: would actually booking months <laughs> yeah, in advance. Yeah. Because we drove through, like, we drove through the Kids Cove campground, it was half empty.
0: I know, but then a lot of times people say people don't cancel.
1: Yeah, people because it's so cheap. Cancel, it's so cheap. People don't even so they cancel. They don't even
0: bother. So then there's empty sites. It's really a problem, but it is very apparent and on display here at the park. So anyway, so we're going to say, just look, that's lovely. It's not that we're saying you don't want to stay in the park if you're willing to do dry camping and you have a peaceful, wonderful experience. Let's talk about outside the park. So then, you know, then there's the hot spots of Gatlingberg. Right. Which is an incredibly busy um, –
1: <laughs> Bustling, shopping. It feels like well, Seaside com- Park or New of, Jersey The people. combo of Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg together yeah. is – It's a bit of a circus. Yeah, And is. a lot of people love, love that it, circus. Right. A lot of people don't. So, so if so- you
0: want to be somewhere where you're like going out to shows at night and going to Dollywood and just being 10 minutes away from that and everything and being like every restaurant, every – um, the Paula Dean lumberjack show. I mean you want to play mini golf.
1: The Lodge Warehouse Factory yeah, store. Yeah
0: to do that stuff, then Gatlingburg, Pigeon Forge areas are definitely for you. Yeah,
1: if you're hoping to see Dolly Parton at Starbucks, well, then camp around that area. But
0: if you're looking for a kind of balance in between like an in-the-park and like a Pigeon Forge kind of off-the-hook craziness, then Townsend is a, really a great place to stay. It's called the peaceful side of the Smokies or the quiet side of the Smokies. And it really is it, it, I mean, the difference in tone and tenor of this of Townsend from Gatlinburg, like you, you almost can't explain how it, different it is. It's a,
1: it's an entirely different vacation experience. Yeah, it is. So if you want more a more chill and relaxed Great Smokies experience, do not camp near Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. Yeah. Go to Townsend. I ultimately recommend staying in both places and getting well, a taste of both. Every
0: time we go to the Smokies, we do not just pick one. We are always doing both because honestly, we do like to be around some of the stuff, like some of the more, um, upbeat, fun stuff sometimes. And then we also need, like, we can't do an entire stay. In one of them, in like Gatlingburg or in Pigeon 4. Four nights in each
1: is great. Yeah. And you could also stay on the North Carolina side over yeah. over in Cherokee, which is also very quiet and peaceful. Or you could but stay in the Cosby area. But there's a too.
0: In the, on the North Carolina side, there are – like in the Cherokee area, there are a lot of activities there also. There's um, shows, right? So so you will get oh, – there's the um, – Casino and Cherokee. So, if you want, maybe like maybe the North Carolina side is a bit of, more of a balance even between the both.
1: Okay. So, Little Arrow is right in the heart of this Townsend section. It's right off Route 73, which is sort of the main highway that runs through Townsend. But you certainly don't feel the presence of the highway very much. I mean, I didn't hear it very much while we were there. It's if a you have,
0: two lane road. I don't like calling it a highway. I mean, you're making it sound like it's
1: okay. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not, not, it's a small it's a highway, but it's Route 73, <laughs> it's a road. for goodness sake. <laughs>
0: as a number doesn't make it busy.
1: And as Stephanie mentioned, it's right next to the Townsend KOA. So, And lots of people in the RV Atlas group, Casita Dean May, Laura, uh, love the Townsend KOA. So it's a great option the right there, KOA too. The Townsend KOA is
0: a lovely campground. Where it is. I think it's very hard to choose one of these over the other it really is about not if you're you're glamping right it's about what you're looking for yeah for rv sites
1: i think you Mm -hmm. you know one or the other is fine if you want a cabin or glamping you're going to little arrow Mm -hmm. so you're about 30 minutes away from Cades cove which that surprises me because in my mind it was 15 minutes away but i actually to get into Cades cove is about a half an hour drive but it is a really Really? nice i know i I google i met i google Uh, mapped it
0: well to get into actual Cades cove but you're only like 15 minutes away from the park entrance You really are because you turn into the car. Yeah, yeah. And but but, but if you're in the Smokies, you just need to understand you're driving everywhere. There's nowhere that's like right there. Like you're driving. Yeah.
1: So it's in a great spot. For that Townsend section and the Little River, if you're looking at the Townsend KOA, the Little River goes behind the Townsend KOA, then it curves along the side of Little Arrow and then it goes along the front of Little Arrow. So that actually makes it a very different experience camping there. It's like I thought the river was in the back of Little Arrow, too. And when we pulled in uh, this time, I was uh, like, oh, the river's in the front here. That's right, so confusing because yeah. it's in the back of the KOA. Um, so just think about that when you pick your site at Little Arrow. If you want to be by the river, that means that you're by the front of the campground up by the road. That's or true. if you're going to Townsend KOA and you want to be by the river, that means you're all the way at the back of the campground. So they feel like very different campgrounds, even though they are literally right next door to each other. Well, for you can sake. see
0: them. Like you can stand at the river access at the Townsend KOA, uh, at the Little Arrow resort. You can go down there and stand there at the river access. And see the KOA cabins right we, across the river.
1: Yeah, exactly. We actually went to the KOA camp store to get s'more stuff for Wes when the little Arrow camp store was closed because it was like,
0: are we bringing that up?
1: <laughs> can was, we
0: talk about that right now? Well,
1: we can talk about it right now since I brought it up. Okay. I literally have only one. I, I think I only have one critique of this campground. I mean, it was magnificent in every way. The camp store hours were so limited. Like on Sunday, they closed in the early afternoon, I think. Yeah, uh, I think they were like it was nine like to
0: four. F- it was and like during three the week, event. it was like
1: nine to five. We're gone in the park, yeah, that whole time. So it was, it was like the third day we were there before I was able to get into the camp store. I I really like when camp stores are open in the evening because that's when campers need things a lot. Yeah, and I know that there are shortages and staffing issues and all of that, but the towns in KOA had their camp store staffed in the evening. Yeah, as did Camp Margaritaville, so I would like to, to see them extend those hours.
0: I think in general it was very interesting to me. It didn't just it wasn't just the camp store hours. It was a lack of um like. Personal hospitality, like because of like they had like a check in that was like kind of remote, like you, they would send you, you didn't have to go in to check, you weren't really meeting. But like, I actually did feel like there was very rarely someone there that I could ask a question of. Like, so for example, they did provide towels at the pool, but and they said, like, when we were staying in the little, um, Tiny tiny home. you know, they said, please don't use these towels down at the pool. There's pool towels down there.
1: Then you got to the pool. But then you got to the pool and there weren't towels. Were
0: there was nobody this to is, ask for towels. True. There was no one. there. I don't know who I would have asked for towels. The camp store is closed. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. The camp store is closed and there's no one around.
1: It's like true. And time. they solved that problem with firewood and ice because you could put your money in on the honor system and take out your firewood and ice. But if you need some more stuff or – you're right. There the, was a lack of – The lack the, of – um, management. But, management and, and, and I
0: can't say that it impacted. The funny thing is no, – everything is It didn't great. impact the experience. Like we said, everything was clean. Everything was quiet. Every, it wasn't like there were people partying because there was no one on site. So it was weird because in most cases, it wasn't like I could point to a, a thing that was being impacted. Well, there
1: were a lot of – of six and seven year olds partying in the hot tub and the sign says they (laughs) weren't allowed (laughs) in there there so i i'm the dad look i'm the dad if the sign says you're not allowed in the hot tub, I don't let my kids in the hot tub, right? Yeah. But then after literally,
0: but then all the other kids are in hours the hours of
1: watching every other family yeah. go in the hot tub, I'm and like, all right, guys, are, you can right. go in the hot tub because your kids I mean, are
0: looking at you like really oh, like your dad, you're kids a complete loser. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly.
1: So I mean, it says no kids in the hot tub, and I did a funny Instagram reel about this, but yeah. there's li- there's no one there enforcing it at all. So kids were in the hot tub the whole time.
0: But anyway, my point is, is I would have liked, a- I would have liked to always feel like there was somebody that I could ask a question to, or get a recommendation from, or find towels from, you know, like that kind of thing. Well,
1: from nine to five, you could during the week. But that Sunday, we showed up and it wasn't open. So let's just describe the physical campground a little bit more. So you pull in over a bridge, and to the right, there's a, a section of RV sites, which to me seems like the older section of the campground. These are perfectly nice RV sites. Some of them are right up there on the river, but it's not the nicest section of RV sites. As you're pulling into the left, There is literally what I would call, I'm saying the word literally a lot. As you look to the left, there is a magnificent section of newer RV sites that has some of the single nicest RV sites I have seen at any campground anywhere in our 12 years of RVing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they look like the some of the ones you see at the Florida RV resorts that are the permanent sites that people rent out with, like the outdoor kitchens and stuff. So this is definitely bringing something that you've seen in little pockets of the RV resort area into a different area. You weren't like, seeing these like anywhere.
1: cabanas with bar yeah. seating, counter space, and running yeah. water.
0: Yeah, so Gigantic these are buddy cultures. sites. They're really beautiful. Um, and and some people don't want these, right? That's okay. Like, there's some people that are going to be like, "Well, I don't want to be in a pull through, even if it." has a beautiful kitchen and blah, blah, blah. I want to back up to the river and have a nice private space. That's fine, too. And there's plenty of options there as well.
1: And those deluxe sites that have the cabana, the, the bar area, the sinks, those are 180 a night, which – you know for how amazing the site is like i'm okay with that price and then the cool thing is you can have a second you can share right. that site with another rv owner
0: right so they can be buddy sites can So be if buddy you're, sites. they're going with a friend which a lot of people do to the smokies right if you're rving in the smokies you can split that 180 costs between
1: they raise two the price a little if you look oh. closely no no it's like an extra oh, oh, five like a, a night per car okay, and an extra sense. five no so for let's let's call yeah. it 200 a night you can split that site with another rv yeah. owner be paying a hundred bucks a and be sharing that cabana and the outdoor bar area.
0: Yeah, two RVs are going to use more electricity, more water. I have no problem with them having a little bit of a bump in the price for... Well,
1: and I have to say, and, and this is always sensitive to where you live in the country, but we're from the Northeast. We're in the part of the country that has resorts like Massey's Landing and all that. I found their pricing to be really pretty good. Like, I don't think their pricing was crazy. So some of the prices here, their RV sites on the, and again, this is their 2022 pricing. Their RV sites on the river are 75 to $95 the luxury sites we just discussed, $180. Their tent and pop-up sites, $50 to $60. Their Airstream rental, $190. Cozy cabins are $140. Premier cabins, $164. And then we stayed in the tiny home, the Magnolia, and that was $220-ish a night. I found all of these prices to be pretty darn competitive.
0: Now, not only competitive, but $220 a night, we have three kids. We are a family of five. If we we stay in a hotel room that costs $220. It's 250, I apologize. Okay. If we stay in a hotel room that costs that much, it is not a nice hotel room. It is a bare bones hotel room at 250 a night. We're sharing beds, whatever. You know, like two queen beds and a pull-out sofa. This for this price at that we had the tiny home, there was Two lofts, double lofts. So double loft. So we had a very nice master bedroom, uh, very spacious. There was the bathroom. There was a washer and dryer, washer
1: dryer, <laughs> a full
0: kitchen. All of the utensils, you know, were available and everything really well stocked. So we spent three nights there,
1: three or four
0: at, at und- and it was about seven hundred dollars for so eight hundred. Okay, nights, so about right. eight hundred probably total price tag for three nights accommodations for five. I felt that that was incredibly reasonable. All linens included, towels included. A deck, Um, a
1: fire pit. Yeah, super it was, comfortable. I
0: could not have felt like we got a better deal. I'll be honest with you.
1: I think my new definition for glamping is having a washer dryer available.
0: That was great to put the, t- the towels because we had our own pool towels, luckily, because I didn't have them at the pool. <laughs> but I threw the pool towels, you know, into the dryer every time we came back from the pool and then they were ready to go the next time. So really, really, I think of value, right? We're not talking about price tag. The value was there for these accommodations.
1: All right, we're going to be back in a second and we'll talk about the amenities at Little Arrow Outdoor Resort. But before we do so, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Thetford and from our friends at Camp Spot. Did you know that Thetford's porta potty is the original and best portable toilet? It is designed with a modern appearance, an ergonomic carrying handle, a standard lid latch, and it is durable and easy to use. There is also a removable seat and cover for easy cleaning. It also has an exclusive rotating pour-out spout, a piston pump flush and its sealed valves keeps odors in the holding tank. Its easy to read level indicator tells when it's time to empty. A deodorant sample is included and Thetford's porta potty comes with a three year warranty. For easy transportation or storage, also make sure to check out the porta potty carrying bag. Thetford also recommends using liquid holding tank solution like Aquamax Summer Cypress Scent in your porta potty. Due to the size of the porta potty, the liquid will get the job done faster. To view their complete lineup of products, please visit Thetford.com. Let's face it. Summers weren't meant to be experienced sitting at a desk or staring at a computer screen. It's time to call timeout. Campspot is here to help. Campspot is an instant booking platform for camping across North America, featuring over 140,000 campsites. Research and book the best campgrounds, RV parks, cabins, glamping destinations, and more to find your time out. Whether it's your next epic adventure, girls' night out, or family reunion, Campspot lets you filter your search results by the type of getaway you want. Browse by location, price point, site type, amenities, and more. Campspot also offers premium inventory, real-time availability, and no membership fees so that you can find the best sites at the best campgrounds for the best prices. Picture it now. Fresh air in your lungs, cool breeze in your hair, warm hugs in your soul, and that grounded sense of self you'll only find when you spend time out. Book your spring and summer camping trips now. Find your time out. Find your Campspot at Campspot.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's talk about all of the really great amenities at Little Arrow Outdoor Resort. Um, We were there for three nights. We didn't even get to use all of these amenities, and I didn't even know some of these things were there until after we had left, and I was researching this for the podcast. So they have a 24-7 coffee lounge that has local coffee there's movie and book exchange. They have board games and a kids' playroom. Uh, this was a really nice lounge area that you could just go sit in and chill on a rainy night, play a game of checkers, play a game of chess. And I really like that it. it's 24-7. You can get in there at any time of day. Stephanie, did you even go into that Yeah, I went room? in.
0: Yes, I went in. I went all over the campground. I knew all these amenities were there because I do walk. I walked up the hills. I looked at everything.
1: <laughs> I think one of the highlights is the zero entry pool with grottos. They say they have grottos. They of these little areas where you could like go under like a little waterfall yeah, and hang out and have a conversation. Is, the whole
0: area is very nice. It is not enormous, but it handled, look, we were there in August, right? So summertime in the Smokies, a busy time. The campground had a lot of people in it and it handled... Everybody was there. Look, it's a national park. A lot of people are out in the park during the and day. And the hot
1: tub area was yeah. absolutely lovely. You it was, get it's gorgeous.
0: chairs easily every time we went. So really nice space.
1: And it's a little more adult-y than kid-centered, which is okay. Like, I really felt like it was a little bit more catering toward the adult crowd, which I really, really liked. They have a huge clubhouse that you could rent that has a commercial-grade kitchen, a large table, projector. So this would be a great place for a rally. Like, if you're a Newmar owner and you want to have a Newmar rally or you're a Winnebago owner, you know, some of these RV companies have huge rallies across the country. This would be a great place to do that. There's also the covered pavilion with a fireplace that you can rent. So a cool place oh, to maybe do a large group Somebody was doing like
0: bingo. There was like candy bingo there while we were there in the pavilion. So they did have the activities um, running there, which was nice.
1: Now, there's lots of stuff for the kids, but just the campground looks like the aesthetic is designed to please adults. But there's lots of stuff for kids. There's a basketball court, a gaga ball pit and a pickleball court okay. i'm sad i, d- I didn't even okay. know they had pickleball okay. we
0: did and Wes wanted to play and this is one of my things about like people being there because there weren't the like i want i have thought oh well i wonder if they have pickleball rackets and balls because we didn't bring ours and or the gaga ball pit like having a gaga ball and, couldn't and i couldn't find anybody to say is there that No, i just think that that is like if you're an outdoor resort I do think that you need to provide recreation equipment. Like we were in Margaritaville a few days later and you could get You could get that
1: stuff Sunday night at seven o'clock. And you could get it
0: anytime. And, you you know, they always had it like the corn hole, the everything.
1: But it all just ties back into that, you know, the hours that the camp stores open, the availability of customer service. Yeah.
0: So we would have, you know, West like really wanted to play pickleball with me one morning. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I can't fine like We don't have stuff. it. Like, and so it.
1: look, if I mean, bring this stuff with you, I guess, yeah. you know, if you're listening. A really nice playground that has this huge kind of like teepee tent there. They had food trucks there. I don't know if that was every night or just on the weekend. It seemed but like rotating. they had rotating, really good food.
0: Because we were like, oh, Monday, we didn't think that the ice would be there, but the ice was. So it doesn't seem like it's every night, but it definitely feels like more than just the weekend that it's there. And yes, we were surprised. The boys had quesadillas at that one truck. They that were, they were good. Like, so good. I oh, was yeah. like, Oh this is like the best this is weirdly so Max good quesadilla. ordered
1: quesadillas he yeah. ate the quesadillas and then he went and back and ordered more quesadillas yeah, that's, that's, that's and my that's kids Max. for you. they have several community fire pits they have a community garden uh, it, it is just a lovely campground aesthetically so the overall feel of this place is really luxurious it has a glamping feel whether you're staying on an RV site or in a tent or in a rental as stephanie mentioned I would come back in a heartbeat and I would love to come back in our RV and get one of those sites. So I think we both love this place. We're gonna come back in a minute and wrap up the show, but before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Blackstone. The sound of bacon or burgers and steaks sizzling is the sound that you crave this summer. Blackstone is the original flat top griddle with more than five million griddles sold. Blackstone is the way that America cooks in the great outdoors. You can cook everything you can on a traditional grill and a thousand things you can't. Do you want an incredible breakfast? How about lunch or dinner? The solid steel flat top infuses the flavors. Pick the size and style that's right for your next camping trip. The 17-inch and 22-inch griddles are easy to store in your RV and still have the space to feed the hungriest army. They even have 17- and 22-inch griddles with side burners for greater outdoor cooking versatility. With Blackstone, you can cook anything, anytime, anywhere. For fun and flavor that you can't find anywhere else, Else. Go wherever griddles are sold or head on over to BlackstoneProducts.com because it's better on a Blackstone. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here wrapping up our review of Little Arrow Outdoor Resort. My last question for you, Stephanie, is this. This was our second trip to Great Smoky Mountains National Park. We've stayed on the Cherokee side. We stayed in Cosby. We stayed in uh, the Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg area, and we've stayed in Townsend. So we've stayed in the major areas of the park where you can stay if one of our podcast listeners was planning a vacation to great smoky mountains national park next summer and they had seven days they had a one week vacation uh, what would you recommend to them what what areas should they stay in should they do stay in uh, two different places should they just pick the place they love the most and stay there
0: nice try i will never say what everybody should do because what i would do if one of my podcast listeners asked me i'd be like I need to ask you three questions first, right? Like about what you're looking for, what your style is, what kind of RV you have. Like I would be like, okay, let me get your personality test first and then I'll recommend something. But I will honestly say this. In being it's in the smokies for a week, I would probably never stay in only one spot. There, even the park is so enormous that if you want to visit some of like the various places, you have to drive so much every day to do that. So, I mean, this is just something that we like to do in general. Like we've done it with Yellowstone. We've done it with Glacier. Like we really like to stay at different parts because then it's not like, oh, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. and driving to two hours to the other side of the park to enjoy something and driving back. Um, I think the Smokies is perfect for doing like three night stays. If you don't mind breaking camp and moving, I tend to like it. We did uh, three places last time we were in the Smokies. We did two places this time. I loved Margarita Val. I was glad we stayed in Pigeon Forge area because I know my boys are at the age where that kind of stuff is fun and engaging to them. They love steg. So it was like, I'm glad we stayed there. But a week in Pigeon Forge is way too much for me. I have
1: never heard somebody say that they did not like staying in Townsend. Yeah, I have heard people say they do not like Pigeon Forge. Sure,
0: because if you don't prepare yourself for what Pigeon Forge is, like, it's a lot. And you have to be, like, steeled and ready to go. But, like, honestly, the boys a week in Townsend... We would have been driving to do things like a lot. For
1: me, the perfect trip is exactly what we did: three nights in Pigeon Forge area and four nights in Townsend or whatever, vice versa. I mean, splitting the week in half was perfect for us. Yeah, and I think splitting maybe the North
0: Carolina area and the the Tennessee area is fun too because then you get to go to some of those like the Deep Creek areas and everything like that. The North
1: Carolina side's really cool too. It is. I feel like it's more for somebody's second trip. I feel most like most people <laughs> really gravitate towards the Tennessee side on the first trip. But the North Carolina side's got some cool stuff. I mean, I, wa- I wanted to go back to Deep Creek and we were just and, too far. No,
0: it was an hour and 15 minutes. I was like, we were doing a lot of other stuff and I was like, we're not going to get there. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really think you have to think about what you want. But if you like a, a mix of stuff, then um, Little Arrow and Margaritaville was like such a fun – Mick bougie Max, right
1: it was a bougie max. and look if you're a national park if you're camping. a national park camper god bless you man go get those national yeah. park sites and go- uh-huh. good luck i mean i would love to be in them too and i don't want to discourage anybody i mean try to get them yeah um
0: but the- but, but it's the same thing then too you could get the Cades cove you know campground mm-hmm. uh, and then um like deep creek campground right like i oh, mean there's like a, those- there's campgrounds right, in there's every camp- area right. so it's like Elk you could Mont. do you could do the same kind of thing that we're talking about in the different sides of the park and the different areas of the park um within the park campgrounds Also, i
1: I will say this out of all of the national parks we have visited i think that great smoky mountains national park has a wider variety of camping options than any other national park in the country
0: yes yeah but it is also because of the volume right like The smokies just sees a volume. And they're charging next year to get in. (laughs) Yes, they are. Which I think I'm
1: I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, well they need some they definitely need some more maintenance because that's another thing we didn't see. We didn't just not see people at uh, Little Arrow, we didn't see rangers anywhere in the park the entire time we were It's right
1: kind there. of astounding.
0: It's astounding. And there was garbage overflowing at the end of one of the trails. Like, things like that, that should not be happening in our national parks. Like, we need to, it is a treasure, and we need to invest in these treasures. So if that includes funding more for cleanup Hang or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. that's what that includes.
1: You know, and there's been that rule since the park was formed that they're not allowed to charge people to get in. And I think the way they skirted that is you can drive through the park for free still you're you're paying to quote unquote park so getting into great smoky mountains national park is still free but if you plan on stopping and parking (laughs) then you're supposed to pay i think that's how they worked their way around that that uh that state law that was embedded in the the founding of great smoky mountains national park all right everybody hope you enjoyed our review of little arrow outdoor resort we sure did enjoy our time there and we hope to see all of you at the campground
0: see you at the campground
1: a big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas and a big thank you to our sponsors to neighbor the Thetford Corporation Camp Spot Yogi Bears Jellystone Park Camp Resorts RV Snaphead and go RVing to find out more about the topics discussed in this show head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook. If you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a review over at iTunes, and we'll see you at the campground.